0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, I'm excited that we're going to talk to Dr. Colleen Best about personalities in the workplace. I'm your host, Kim Brown, Editor of Equimanagement. Management. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by CareCredit. Colleen Best is a DVM PhD CCFP. The CCFP stands for Certified Compassion Fatigue Professional. Dr. Best's PhD research focused on relationships in equine practice, including veterinarian client and referring veterinarian specialist communication. She is a Leader of Mentorship and Engagement at NVA Canada, where she leverages her passion for education and support of veterinary professionals in the areas of communication, team performance, leadership, and well-being. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Best. Thanks for having me. Well, I've got to say that it was a big eye-opener to me when I was a young business professional that everyone didn't have the same way of taking in, processing and communicating information and ideas as i did. so how can we better understand and communicate with other personalities in the workplace?
1: so i love the way you named some of the differences in the way people operate. you named taking in information, processing information, communicating out ideas. and you know if you Google everyone's best friend, if you Google personalities, you're going to come up with an endless list of different ways to consider it. Whether you do Big Five, Myers-Briggs, True Colors, DISC, and so on. And those can provide helpful frameworks and give us some self-awareness about how we operate, give us awareness about our team members. But fundamentally, what underlies all of those is The way my brain works, the way I understand myself is different, is different than the way all of my peers operate, the way they understand themselves and and their preferences with sort of an endless combination of how things come together. And so when we know that we can engage with more curiosity, we can engage with more patience and hopefully a willingness to let their strengths and the way they operate support outcomes and support our relationship instead of just hoping and wishing and choosing to be around people that are like ourselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's so curious. I love that word. It's so curious to me how different we are and that it took me until I was you know, a, a young adult to recognize that it wasn't somebody purposely being obtuse or argumentative or whatever I was saying it was in my mind. It was just that they have a different way of perceiving and relating this information. So, let's talk a little bit about that. So, how does personality or the way we just said people take in process and communicate, how how does that influence the way a person does communicate?
1: So all of us have just ways of being that are easy for us so some people are really direct some people like to think things through share their thoughts take lots of time my husband is a is a much more methodical perhaps i'm i'm trying to come up with value neutral words he likes to explore options more than I do. He's, he's willing to spend more time working through a process like shopping for a dishwasher. He, he, he's really happy with a lot of research. and I'm over here going like, I want to know if it fits. I want to know if it does the things that I need to do and I want to purchase it. And <laughs> there are many things that go into our differences there. One is like how much I have on my plate, how much I care about the dishwasher. Um, in addition to just my general, do I have what I need to know? Away we go. And he wants yeah. his need or desire for information around a decision of a purchase of a certain value is, is different than mine, but really what has supported the two of us, because buying a dishwasher for our house, right? We need to find a way to, ex- to not, for me to not want to run out of the store screaming and for him to feel <laughs> like his, you know, his needs were met is, we have to talk about it and we say like I'm like okay well I would like it done by this day right so I can share my need he can share okay well I'm gonna go and do this and we some some of those pieces we do separately we need to sort of come together as looking at what is what is the reason that we are engaging right what are we trying to do or achieve and what do I know about how I am and maybe what do I What sometimes is what do I need to learn about how this other person is? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when you were sharing your thoughts a minute ago, you said, you know, whether they're just being purposefully obtuse or slowing me down or weighing me down, dragging me to another store. I think that those are all assigning value and and motivation to someone else's behavior. And so one of the things in that that I think we need to be aware of is how the negative labels we assign. Personality traits that don't belong to us. Yeah. And to try to look for strength and value in other ways of doing things to contribute to positive. Like, it's actually great that my husband's willing to spend more time looking at dishwashers than me, right? Because I, I don't want to. And I might end up with something that two years down the road doesn't work as well. So, looking for sort of pieces that will support outcomes as they come together, looking for strengths in someone else, but looking for, I don't know, looking for the silver lining, right? Even though it's yeah. a difference, I think is important. All
0: right. And here's one that I know I've I've heard so many people talk about in business, veterinary business and other types of business. If you're a leader, things are going to change. Doesn't matter if it's the recession, if it's COVID, if it's suddenly you're working from home or, you know, we've got a a new project or whatever it is. And people react differently to change based on, again, some of the things we talked about, how they process. So as a leader, if you know there's going to be some changes made, how do you help the different personalities in your vet practice be more comfortable with that change?
1: I think this is so it's so important because there while there are some personality types that are cool with change. I think the majority are not where <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we we have some concerns and we go uh, and our need for information um, and how we what we know and how we're handled influences our feeling of safety, right, right. and and so i I really think being. As a leader, one of the most important pieces of engaging with all of your team members and all their personalities is empowering them to share with you what they need. So as a leader, hopefully we we have some self-awareness of how we operate and how in general our team responds to that. But most importantly, because lots of external factors influence a person's given personality whether it is stress, their values, you know, maybe the importance of that job if, if their partner has just lost their position and maybe their health insurance, change in that workplace might be a lot scarier and that might really require more information, more procedure, more involvement and engagement than it might have three months before when that one job was less important to their family's safety mm-hmm. and security. So I think really saying, hey, this is this is what I know. And then creating a space where people are able to share their needs or desires. Hey, could we talk more about that process? And then when someone shares that need, if it's perhaps more involved than what in, information we need, instead of perceiving that as distrust. Right. Which may say, oh, can you share more with me? And you're like, oh, they don't just—they they just don't trust me to handle it. N- nope. Maybe that's how their brain works, and that is what helps them cope. And we we do this with owners, right? We say, what what information do you, what questions do you have, and we create we create and hold space for that sort of thing. It's really important to do that in our team. The same way with if you are you know you're all you geared yourself up to have a big town hall with your team, and they all kind of go, you you open, you tell them, they're like, I'm okay. Wait, what? They're, they don't want to hear like, I, I got all ready on the stuff. I have a handout of an email ready. Or like, oh, they didn't read my email. Okay. They, they might not have needed that. They might be perfect. Yeah, you know, that was fine. That was what they needed. The decision was made. They aren't attached to it. So being able to remove the this or be aware of the story we tell ourselves based on someone else's actions. And if it's pretty inconsistent, we might want to ask them some questions about it. But just acknowledging, hey, they they didn't need me to go further down that road. I'm going to trust them to take care of themselves and to advocate for themselves as long as I have been open to the point that I think they would have told me if they needed something different.
0: Yeah. And we all have been in businesses, the ne- not necessarily veterinary practice, but veterinary practice is fairly stressful among the techs, the staff, the front desk, you know, all those folks. And sometimes our interactions with others can get a little tense. And how do you how do you help when your personality? My personality is kind of volcanic, so you know I I recognize that. And uh, I had one employee who was she was a little teary, and you know it was okay. That was how she processed stress. And so we came up with a way that I'd say, okay, if if you feel like You need some space to process this. You say to me, I gave her, I don't know what these are called, safe words or whatever. I need a little time to think about this. Our meeting will end. You can go do your thing. And then you can come back when you have had the time to process whatever is happening. And it worked very well for both of us because it didn't make me mad that she started to cry and I didn't get it. And it didn't make her upset because I got mad because she was having a very honest emotional processing of what we were discussing. So it was, it worked well. So how do you, but how do you do that when you're interacting with others? And Susie is, you know, being a full blown winch today. And, you know, Jessica has, you know, oh my gosh, she's, she's over in the corner crying and somebody else is just mad and i mean how do you deal with all that in such a stressful environment
1: one one thing i'm going to share in hearing you say that the first thing i did was i took a deep breath and i i doubt i doubt my headphones caught it but i want to point it out because when people are responding in a way that is not consistent and or when people are responding in a way that feels like it is Interfering with the work that needs to be done,
0: we, we as leaders start to feel stressed. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients it can help them move forward with care of horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed.
1: Yeah. And our stress response is not going to facilitate, generally speaking, appropriate engagement with our team. And so the first thing is, Hey, I'm noticing that the feelings or the personality, I am struggling with this right now. So what do, what, what, do, what does my personality need? And I'm I've spent a summer actually working on honoring my flight response. You know, we have four common stress responses, fight, flight, um, freeze, or fawn. And I will often be like, oh, I I can't, I can't leave. Um, And I learned that even if I do like a five minute walk, if I just honor that, I come back and I'm, I'm cool. I'm actually really great at dealing with, with, with what was there. There are a few things that can't wait five minutes, and doing that helps instead of me spending all my energy tamping down my desire to run away. I now have the energy and the awareness to see the people for what's happening. And personalities are fine, right? Was crying and so on. Well, what we need to maybe look at is is there an unmet need? So, is more support required? Is more time needed? Is more space needed? But we also have. Sort of a sort of community community standards, and if someone is snarking at someone else, that is that is not consistent with our with our practice culture, with our you know practice community standard. So that behavior needs to come up a different way, and that might be whether it's um, insecurity, whether it's frustration, whether it's anger at not being consulted. There's something driving that behavior, and it needs a different strategy. And so, how do we notice that? And then instead of punishing or shutting down because that's a common one right just stop yeah. just stop that behavior okay and then taking the next step what drove that what drove that and sometimes it might be stuff that's outside of work and okay yeah. h- handle it then and I, I say handle it and I sounded firm there actually in like the gentlest way okay I hear that that's really hard um, and maybe today is a really great day for you to do stalls, or go do some inventory, or go stock a truck, because because the combination of things that is occurring today, y- you you need some space. Doesn't mean you can't be at work, right? All all feelings are okay, all behaviors are not. And then again, someone's someone's feeling teary. Okay, like maybe you're just processing, and man, feel your feelings. But if you are so upset about what is happening and you don't have feel like you can share your worry or your concern that's not something we want in the workplace. I want to hear what you're worried about. Maybe you need some time before you can share that with me. Great. Take your time. So, you know, I'm listening to myself and things like curiosity, things like creating time, things like holding space, things like withholding judgment. Those are key pieces of allowing your employees to be themselves. And you might be sitting there going like, well, do I have to? You don't. And there's a consequence. When we require or have a space in which people need to mask different parts of themselves, just like me suppressing my flight response, it takes a ton of energy. And so the employee that you have will not be able to work to their full capacity if they are busy trying to shut out a part of themselves. That doesn't mean we can't have a and like acceptable behavior at work or a, for professional behavior. Yes, those those standards, those yes. common you know rules of engagement. Those that's a, that's foundational. But we can make space for people to bring themselves and find ways for that to be okay for everyone.
0: Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier, and I, I wanted to jump back into this. You talked about all the different the Myers-Briggs and all the others that are out there. Um, So should we, if, if you're having maybe some issues at work or maybe just because you want to, because you've got a great workplace and you want to figure out how to make it better, should you try some of these personality tests with your staff and, and maybe get someone to come in and talk to you about what it means? or I mean, how? how do you use those for the betterment of your practice? Or should you even worry about it?
1: So I think sometimes they are considered when you want to fix something (laughs) and that always like a little flag pops up and you go, yikes, because it's often I want them to understand someone else to understand and that is generally not how these tools are used. So you using any type of personality assessment, hey that's awesome. I do suggest you bring in someone outside your team. Even even if you are Myers-Briggs certified and you've done this before, I still suggest you bring in someone from outside your team because your team is going to learn together and you being a part of that is important. So if you want to do it so that your team has some common language to talk about differences for each of your team members to grow their self-awareness and the awareness of other people, great. If you are doing it because things are explosive or toxic, this is not the first step that I would recommend. Because talking, having people learn about themselves and having a group conversation about it involves vulnerability. Yeah. And the last thing that you want in this activity is to start to blame and shame and point fingers yeah and then say like and that's a problem no that in in that situation this type of activity is not safe for your staff it will it is unlikely to support positive outcomes so you know in that situation you're going to want to address some of the underlying pieces first and grow towards being able to do that type of activity it can be lovely to sort of again have some common language around like oh, I get you handle this like this and I handle it like that. What what the next step then comes to, how can we bridge those two things, right? What does, you know, on some things I might come more towards you, on some things you might come more towards me, always recognizing that none of the personality assessments are complete, are, you know, some of them are very, um, very reductive, like, oh, we've, you're, you're this one thing. No, we are all very complex human beings. So are they necessary? No, we can work on just noticing, like noticing things about ourselves, noticing things about others and creating a space in which people can be open with curiosity and just having conversation. Hey, what, what do you need? Did that work? Asking for feedback, right? And, and those, those things that you know, sort of don't cost any money, but do require intentionality, do require commitment, do require transparency with your team. Hey, I, I want us to work towards, you know, re- recognizing individual strengths, recognizing um, how people prefer to operate, um, you know, recognizing differences in us that aren't bad. We, you know, we hear difference and we're like, is this code for bad? No, no, it is not. We're just all unique and awesome human beings.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the very simple things that I learned is, and and that other people learned about me, is when you walk into someone's office and you're going to interrupt them with a question, are they the type of person who needs what I would call the warm-up? Hey, how are you doing today? How's the kids? How's the family? Or are you the person that needs, here's my problem, can you help me? And you know, I'm the here's my problem. Can you help me or and and it annoyed the bejeebers out of the people who want to be recognized as a human being first before we launch into something of business. And that was just eye opening to me that it was not the same
1: and and both are allowed, and yeah. I think that it's it's important, so goodness knows, I love the human being part. So when you and I work together, we're going to end up doing both of those things. And I'm going to recognize that, like, maybe after, you know, you come in and you have a question. Cool. And then once you have your answer, which was probably the thing, you might be really good for the small talk and how's your fam and and so on. And when I come to you, I might lead with like, how are you today? Right. Fine. And we can each work on tolerating those things or recognizing that depending on the situation depending on the day some days you might be have the space to stretch to me and listen to my small talk other days you might not but we can still be respectful and kind about it you and you might say hey um i'm, I'm just having a bit of a swamp today and i'm i'm really hoping i we could just do in and out can say great right? And I might, you know, come to your desk and say, like, would you like to walk and get a tea, which is a sign to you that we're going to have a little bit of back and forth. And we're going to talk through something more slowly. Again, we can have ways of signing it. And I can know that, you know, that transaction met your need. And that's awesome. I can feel good about that. And that you're still a human. And that overall, our relationship is strong and not purely transactional, right? So, both and is important and it's easy to want someone to stretch to you all the time, especially the folks that, you know, this is commonly said introverts often need to be more extroverted. And then there's you know, sort of a meme that floats around. That's like, how come no one tells the extroverts to be quiet? Both <laughs> and right. Sometimes the extroverts do need to sit down and sometimes the introverts need to stand up. Right. So when we make and hold space and allow people to feel comfortable stretching, then we start to get the best out of everybody all the time. And we don't end up with, I don't want to work with them or they're this way. We can can just know that we're all different.
0: Yeah. And you just brought up the introvert extrovert. That's one of those, you and I should just have a totally different conversation about that because I think that is so (laughs) misunderstood (laughs) And people it throw so it out there all the time. So we'll, we're will we're not going to get into it today. But in talking about working relationships and dealing with different personalities, is there anything else that you would add?
1: I want to mention one thing that I haven't said yet, and I want to say the word neurodiversity. And I want to say that because it is something that sort of on a societal level we are newly understanding. And it's different than personality, to be sure, but it is also different ways in which we are different as people. And it it comes up in my family, which is easy. Um, and it, even it, so I've known my husband for a while now, and one of my kids is sensitive to textures on his skin, and my husband is not, and I am as a grown-up. Well, guess what? As a grown-up, I choose my own clothes. It's not a problem in my day-to-day life. But for my son who doesn't, he then has to engage with people who don't understand why something might be really aversive or upsetting. And so I want to bring that up because some things like background noise or lighting or smells that just impact people differently changes how much space they have. And so I by no means am. A neurodiversity expert I have some sensory differences which again are easy for me to manage in my work from home space but just appreciating that we are all managing differently based on how our brains and our bodies respond to the stimuli as well as the interactions of other people and certainly if you catch me when I am too hot in an itchy sweater <laughs> boy Like, boy, are you going to get a different version of me? And so just like tucking that away, tucking away again, what, what, how everyone is different, how they're managing and some things like different ADHD, different stimulations, multiple inputs, whether people can be interrupted in the middle of a task. Those things matter about how we work together as a team. And it is worthy of conversation. You know, some folks really do need uninterrupted time to do their records and the, and the front staff might say, oh, they're in the office. Of course, they can answer a call and there's some conflict or frustration about how that goes. Hey, that's, it's not personality. Sure, there are communication pieces and people are going to have different willingnesses to share, but it, it's something to have on your radar about, again, different ways of being, different ways how brains work and respecting that. You know, hearing someone set a boundary or being willing to set a boundary around how you work based on, you know, the needs of your brain and your body. Those are okay. So, creating a space in which those things can be said, I think, is really important as well.
0: That's that, that is really interesting. And now there's more that I want to go read about. So, anyway. (sighs) Thank you so much, Dr. Bess. That always happens when we have a conversation. I could just We could just go on for days like this. But thank you so much for joining us today. And a big thanks for our audience for joining us for the Business of Practice podcast. And we really want to thank our sponsor, Care Credit, for giving us the space and the time to have these conversations. And we invite you to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear all of the episodes of the business practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send me an email at kbrown. That's the letter K Brown at equinetwork.com. <laughs>